Hey, we want to welcome you to our first podcast of Broken Pieces, a production of Brookside Community Church, where we want to share how our local community of believers is seeking kingdom diversity in a reconciling way through the power of Jesus Christ. My name is David Cedarquist, and I'm one of the pastors here at Brookside Community Church, and I'm with my partner, my co-pastor, Charles Neal, and today... We just want to discuss with you one of the most important aspects of our community. That is um, our intentionality that we take uh, to actually be an inclusive culture of diverse leadership. And I know that in this time and in this day and age, there's a lot of questions around diverse leadership based on the racial tension that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of leaders, especially in a predominantly white way, uh, there's a lot of leaders that are looking to how do you, how do you add and how do you have inclusive leadership uh, like Brookside has? And so we want to kind of share that story, but Charles, how long have we been doing this together now? Cinco años. Five years. Yeah. Five years, man. Five Five years. years. And it's kind of crazy because we come from uh, experiences that are way different from each other, right? Absolutely. But when it comes to um, diverse leadership, I'm going to begin by asking you the question, how have you seen diverse leadership in your life growing up? And, um, you know, through your adolescent years, through your adult years, through your college and seminary experience, how have you seen diverse leadership within the church? There wasn't. There wasn't any uh, diverse uh, leadership. Uh, Primarily, uh, the context that I grew up in, uh, David, was uh, primarily the black church, the black church experience. Uh, From the beginning, when I was a child, teenager, and so forth, it's been primarily a black congregation, a black pastor, and so there wasn't a uh, there wasn't any uh, diversity. Hmm. Uh, the black church experience is what gave me my uh, my my identity. It taught me of who I was and whom I belonged to. Uh, God, uh, the black church experience was our political our um, our political vanguard. It was our social pub. Everything that we learned, everything about our community, from work uh, to play to whatever it was, it was that particular context of the uh, the black experience, which was unique and necessary because all we had was each other. Yeah, and so that was uh, something that was uh, uh, very special to me. I remember when I was a very uh, young child. Uh, the first black pastor that I knew was uh, Pastor Ferguson of Beulah Baptist Church in Coconut Grove where we lived and, re- and reside. And the one unique thing that I uh, recognized about him was not that he that not only that he was black, but that his dialect was different yeah. uh, from my dialect or from my, my parents' dialect. And he was uh, from the Bahamas. Interesting. And he would talk about Jesus. Man, I, I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus loved you. Jesus is freedom for you. He's freedom for me. You believe that? Yeah. And so my whole experience of that that one word freedom yeah. was a needle and thread my entire child life teenage even to my adult uh, hood freedom is what the concentration of the black church experience uh, yeah. was for me yeah and it well, also, because because you're because those who were in the black church already felt separate or different from the predominant culture of yes. society, right? Yes. And so, of, of course, that would be part of the narrative of the church. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so it was uh, It was that, uh, the black church uh, experience. But as I grew older, or uh, what have you, had a lot of ups and downs uh, in my life. But primarily, uh, I can remember being in the church and uh, at Mount Tabor, 
Uh, there are two pastors that I do want to recognize, and that is uh, Pastor uh, Russell Lee Harris from Mount Olive uh, Baptist Church in the, in the city of South Miami, who uh, walked life out with me, met me where I was uh, in my young uh, early 20s and so mm. forth. And from there, I went on to Mount Tabor Missionary Baptist Church under the leadership of Dr. Georgie McRae. And both of those men sort of set the tone for me of exactly how some of that, the trajectory of my life uh, should become. And um, I was, um, after attending Mount Tabor, the, uh, Dr. Jo Dr. Uh, Edward Wheeler uh, uh, became the president of a predominantly white seminary hmm. in Indiana, which was 1,350 miles away yeah. from where I was in Miami, Florida. And so I knew that as I, I finished up my undergraduate degree from Trinity International University in Miami, that I was looking at going to a seminary. But it, it but it it moved me that a that a black man was was going to be the president, a leader of a predominantly white seminary. Yeah, and that would be an experience that was unlike any other experience that I had. And in my heart, in my soul, I felt like this this. This, this might be where God wants me to be. Mm. Not something easy, not something that's just the same or, yeah. or what have you, but I'll just go and visit. And so when I went to visit and so forth, um, we made some plans and everything. And then I and my, my, my family then uh, came up to uh, CTS. But it was not what I had assumed, yeah. what I had processed in my mind, or what have you. Because you imagined that there would be, and I'm sure even this black president yeah. imagined that there would be levels of uh, equality that would be built Acceptance. into this new leadership. Yes. But really, I mean, yes. from all yes. the conversations we've had about your seminary experience, yeah. uh -huh. it was almost like detrimental it was yes. almost harmful yes. to you yes, yes. Um, because you yes. grew up in this black experience of mm -hmm. church that was amazing right but then Absolutely. fighting for this really difficult yeah. um diverse yeah. place that 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 dr wheeler was trying to figure yeah. out right yeah, yeah. it turned into a mess and the community of uh, dr martin luther king jr the uh, the strength of love the beloved community yeah. would be a part of that equality and other people and so those were pieces of from the black church that i i knew that my brothers and sisters around me that looked like me but then i also had a heart that i wanted to embrace others who didn't yeah. look like me didn't have my experience as a believer as right. a, as a christian but it was not that the acceptance wasn't there uh, a lot of things that were promised to me uh, was not there yeah. as well and it made my life uh, very turbulent and very troublesome troublesome to where you know quite frankly man uh, um, you know I made some some choices went back to drinking uh, went back to using drugs and and so forth like mm. that because uh, I felt like that was the only way that I could cope got angry with God I felt like I was abandoned mm. I had be, been exiled uh, from from coming up uh, from Miami to uh, Indianapolis and so that was my uh, experience I did graduate in 2003 with a master's in the, of divinity and uh, moved on from there but three years three, three years later I ended up in uh, Indiana Corrections yeah I ended up in Indiana Corrections man that further um, nosedive uh, my life and even in prison uh, mm. the diversity of leadership there are black correction officers there are white correction officers but I've never really seen a, a, a warden or a superintendent that was black. right and and so uh, the, the, that includes that inclusiveness, that equality uh, wasn't there uh, in prison. Right. When I got out of, uh, of, 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 of prison, uh, uh, when I came back uh, to the community uh, that I had that I was a part of, I, I wasn't even received uh, by um, the black church. 
um, that I was originally uh, a part of. Man. Because of your felony. Because of my felony, because of my mess up and so forth. And so it just kind of uh, was a, wasn't, a, wasn't a cool deal, yeah. you know, for me. I accept uh, the, I take ownership of my faults and failures. Uh, you know, the scripture tells us uh, about repentance and forgiveness and so forth. But I didn't feel a lot of that. And it just turned into a, uh, a mess. Mm. Whereas the thought... The pause of equality, would it ever become that? Right. And at that particular time, that's just where I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up in a, you know, a rural white town with mostly white kids in our school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had unique experiences with some black people in our town, like the guy that lived a mile and a half from our house. He was a ex PGA. Uh, um, he was one of the first black men in the PGA golf tour yeah. and he taught me golf and, um, but never any understanding the black experience. It was yeah. very much white. And I think through my whole life, I just followed this trail of, of really this homogeneous kind of, you know, predominantly privileged culture that I consume myself in with, especially within Christianity. But then, you know, God kind of shook my tree, mm-hmm. uh, when, um, I met a guy who was wanting to start a multi-ethnic ministry in the city of Denver, where yeah. in the Northeast section of Denver, mm-hmm. um, that's where, that's where blacks could live in the sixties and seventies. It's the only place wow. they just yeah. segregated them on this Northeast section. And mm-hmm. we were going there and it was the most diverse poverty stricken neighborhood, uh, with a lot of crime. And we said, we're going to plant a church. But what's interesting is we, you know, had a mostly white leadership mm-hmm. and we had a mostly white core team mm-hmm. and um and the idea of diversity mm-hmm. that scripture outlays when you really look at it um is a beautiful thing and so our fight for diversity oh, was our best effort as predominant culture right yeah. and so um and i you know i often look back at the experience of denver and i think about how we tried to include diverse leadership but I felt like we were more making decisions for uh, the church and the organization that we started in our best effort of our privilege and our whiteness. But oftentimes we were just hoping that a black man or someone of diversity would come along and just agree with what we were doing. And then we would implement them in leadership and then it would work itself out. And, you know, um, things started to kind of fall apart in the fifth year, um, with some decisions that were made. And, um, I just became kind of disenfranchised with this ministry and, uh, we kind of left and, in the process. And, um, I, you know, when me and my wife came back together in what God has Mm -hmm. done in Denver, I mean, Mm -hmm. we, our hearts changed so much towards the poor, uh, towards, cause diversity is not just ethnic, you know? Um, I think a lot of times people that have records and are struggling with addiction are often excluded from the church. Right. And God had opened up our eyes to this idea of conclusion inclusion in the church where we just wanted a place to kind of relaunch and restart. And so after a year of like some counseling and some uh, working through some anger from uh, this first ministry that we are part of, um, we started searching for a ministry and Brookside mm-hmm. popped up wow. in about March of 2014. And, um, we did some research and the, you know, what was amazing about Brookside is it's stewarded by a large church, um, up North, nor, uh, Northview church yeah. that, uh, really kind of launched the seed beds of what's here. Mm-hmm. 
and they were looking to kind of restart from about six to seven years of of struggling to get this church up and going and trying diverse leadership, but it was it was difficult. And the urban dynamics and the poverty dynamics, really people struggled with because it is difficult to understand our community in that way. Um, But then when we looked at this place, we're like, wow, the beauty of inclusion Mm. is set up for this ministry. And they had stripped it down to really nothing where there was like 40 individuals, 20 adults, 20 kids. And it was a hotbed for what God could do. And I saw it and I was like, God... I want Indianapolis, you know? And so we came out and it was just overwhelming that God was leading us this way. The board agreed, the church agreed, and we ended up coming in October of 2014. And what's crazy about, um, this restart, this rebirth that God was doing in my life Mm -hmm. through what he had done in Denver, um, I came in and I think the board expected that I would come in with all these amazing programs, right? <laughs> that I, I'm like the urban ministry expert, which I'm not. And I told him that hundreds of times, like I'm not an urban ministry expert, but what I did know coming in here is I could mm-hmm. single-handedly start all these programs, right? Mm-hmm. And get something going because I understand the poor dynamic. I understand uh, what God had given us, but I knew that it would all fall on its face unless I had someone next to me who didn't look like me, Mm. who was different than me, who would unite with me and walk this out with me. And so I remember the first board meeting, I sat down with my board and they said, all right, Dave, what are we going to do? And I said, guys, I don't know what we're going to do. But I know who we need. Yeah. And I said, I need a black man that's going to walk this out with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they were surprised by that um, response because I think they expected that I would have all these ideas of what we could do, mm-hmm. right? Because they had done a number of things, but I knew that the only way this was going to work is if from the very beginning what was included yeah. was someone else's voice. Yes. And so... Um, Man, we, so I went on like this tirade of like looking for someone who would do this with me and didn't even, I mean, I got to know our congregation. I got to know some of the leaders in the city um, and in this neighborhood and different nonprofits, but I didn't, I I did no envisioning. Mm -hmm. And I remember the day in March of 2015 where I sat down at Recycle Force. You did, man. From right across from (laughs) Charles Neal. And I'll tell you what, it was an hour meeting that turned into a five hour meeting, you know? And like, what was your experience when we met? Yeah. My, my experience was I'm just sitting in the office and, uh, you know, we had a call that there was a a guy here. He said, he's he's a pastor, uh, 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 David Cedar. I said, yeah, come on, bring him on back. Yeah. And when he walked in, I I saw this white dude (laughs) with some wrinkly jeans on. (laughs) And a wrinkled shirt, and it looked like he was wearing some clogs. And I yeah. said, David Cedarquist, and he said, Charles Neal. And that was the moment that I called the meeting. Yeah. A meeting that occurred that only God could have put together. Orchestrated. Yeah. Where two individuals from, from diff, two different uh, contexts yeah. uh, of life, uh, church, uh, you know, work, and, and everything. And uh, here God has brought this man of God. And myself in a meeting and and that was very intriguing to me yeah i didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen what was gonna come out of it or what have you but again that 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 one hour we thought turned into a whole lot of hours and yeah. it turned also into every week that we started meeting with one another intentionally yeah 
intentionally. Yeah. And that felt good. Yeah. That, that felt good coming out of the black experience that here I am with a, with a white brother in the Lord. <laughs> amen. And that we're walking life out with one another. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, I think we connected deeply in that first five hours. Yeah. But then what really brought us together was these conversations for two to three hours, four yeah. hours long on a, you know, I think it was on a Tuesday that we yeah. picked mm-hmm. and we sat in our hot building in here during the summer and yeah. just like, you know, we talked about a number of issues and that's what I want to bring up. Like what, what did we have to come to the table because if we all wanted, we wanted the same vision of what yeah. God has called the church to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's not going to be my vision. It's not going to be your vision. It's mm-hmm. going to be ours together. That's right. Big. That's big. And That's really, big. you know, I think our conversations began with theology because like yeah. theologically in the black experience coming from a more liberation theology was much different than me yeah. and the tradition I come from, they speak poorly of liberation theology. Mm-hmm. So like what were these theological conversations that we had to have to really come together and yeah. fight for the unity of this church? Yeah. My, 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 my pitch and my understanding was to, is to, to contextualize uh, black liberation theology, you know, their names uh, that uh, basically that had uh, mentored me over the years in terms of my theological yeah. perspective and uh, you know, persons like uh, Gayrod Wilmore, right. You know, uh, uh, J. D. Otis Roberts, uh, Stokely Carmichael, uh, uh, these are black political activists and so forth. And so the whole thing is, is that and James Cone yeah. uh, that basically brought this, this idea of black theology of not to separate itself from not intentionally to separate itself from 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 any other theological perspective in terms of culture, right. but to critique Right. The narrative. Right. To, the black, the black liberation theology is about uh, critiquing the narrative, right. the larger nar- narrative yeah. that is out there yeah. of inclusion. Right. Because I got something to say. Right. You got something to say. Yeah. And those that have come before us has something to say. So this, this can't be about um, uh, a white Jesus right. with blonde hair, blue eyes right. and, and, and white skin. Or a, a, a black Jesus with an afro, right. red eyes, you know what I'm saying? And, right. And so forth. And that's like partly that. what I didn't understand about liberation yeah. theology is when you brought up this idea of mm. it's this critique of trying to have, allow the black experience to yes. be part to of be our theology and to be understood. To, to be heard. It was very difficult because it was much more pitched from mm. a privileged standpoint mm-hmm. that, you know, this was your theology and there's yeah. flaws in it. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. But when you realize, like, it's, it's, it's the black experience. Experience trying to have a voice yes. in the struggle of you know American history of yeah. slavery and yeah. all of these things yeah. and, and the Bible being used yes. against blacks yes. that were enslaved yes. and, and they they actually made it biblical yes. for slavery yes. right using and, the Bible right. to to base to basically legitimize right. why we're doing this because right. we we feel we're the chosen right. the largest society white culture that may have felt that that they were superior. And using the Bible to say, well, this is us right. and this is you. Right. But that's not the context uh, that should have never been used. Right. Amen. Because, and, I, and I don't believe that God ever intended for it to be used in that way. It's sin 
that had caused such that type of ripple right. effect and in, in the in the atrocity circumstances that affected a culture of people right. in this uh, country uh, called America. But also black liberation theology has to do with womenist uh, theology, right. race, gender and, and class, right. you know, as well, post-colonial. Uh, thought, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as well. And so it's a lot of those things that drove me theologically yeah. uh, to just have the moment. And I felt like I was having it with you, David. I felt like uh, this man might hear me. Yeah, He, he, he may hear me and, and I will hear him. Mm. As, as a believer, it's, it, it's going to take me to give of myself to God and allow his will to bring this inclusiveness right. uh, to where it needs to be. Right. And so that I can see him. I am him. And he is right. me. You see yep. what I'm saying? And so, I mean, that's where that's pretty much, you know, where I have been in terms of uh, theologically. But I know there are some other things as yeah. well. Yeah. And well, and I came from more of a reformed theological mm -hmm. tradition where yeah. it's a God centered theology focusing on Christ and Christ alone and what he has done mm -hmm. uh, to save his people from their sins. And I think the one thing that I began to understand. Mm -hmm even in how I explain theologically and how the grid in which I read mm -hmm. the scriptures, right? The one thing that I think we ended up coming back to in yeah. spite of where you came from and where I came from yeah. and the judgments we brought about yes. each other Absolutely. to the scriptures yeah. is that we both agreed, no matter how uh, differently we said it, mm -hmm. was that the foundation of the scriptures mm -hmm. is this redemptive story of God, right? Amen, brother. Where Amen. God, Amen. from the very beginning, sin entered into the world, that God was going to save his people from their sin. Amen. And that he was going to engage us in a way. And, you know, I think what I learned through this experience is that we weren't far off right. from what we foundationally believed and how we even read the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But what's important is that there is this grid of understanding that we both come from, yes. right? Yes. That if we yes. can, if we can bring our experiences together in understanding mm -hmm. that there's actually a richness to our gospel centeredness mm -hmm. and our Christ centeredness and this story of God that allows us to uh, preach, not just to, I'm not preaching to just my white people That's right. and you're That's not right. preaching to your black people, That's right. but that we're actually preaching uh, both sides of the equations you because yeah. we we have come together to understand and be sympathetic to um, the black experience in the Bible and especially my privilege sense of the, the yes. Bible. And so theology, you know, it was more of a us coming together, mm -hmm. trying to get our language together mm -hmm. and our misunderstandings together. But I, I, what's crazy is we all ultimately ended up going, okay. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and we had to think the best of one another instead of bringing this theological baggage yeah. to the table yeah. and Who's hoping right? that yeah. someone's right. You know what yeah. I mean? Who's right? And so I think that that was just a really eye-opening experience because I've never had anybody mm -hmm. in my life that I've been able to sit down and talk hard theology mm -hmm. with that heard me, right? And I hope I, I hope I heard you too. Yeah. But then we came together and we we really understood the scriptures together where this Amen. is what defines our ministry Amen. is Amen. not our personalities or Amen. our perspectives, Amen. but it's the word of God solely that leads us, right? The power of the word and yeah. different communication styles. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we have different communication I, styles. I think that's unique. I, I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm deductive. I, I'm, I'm, de I'm, I'm a deductive, <laughs> deductive preacher. You are. You know what I mean? I 
I'm inductive. And you're inductive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm deductive. I, I, I tell you what I'm going to preach about. And, and then, then you're going to preach, preach about what I, what I just told you what I preach about. And I lead you on this journey and pow, yeah. slam you know me at I'm the saying? end. Yeah. And so, and both are expositors. So yeah. The Bible. And I, and I think that's a very uh, useful. Also, compensation, man. Yeah. Compensation have a, a mutual compensation yes. for the work that yeah. the Lord allows us There's to no do. second rate. There's no... Yeah. You know, and I think we can look at qualifications and on paper, um, a lot of people would assume that we both have different qualifications, right, but right, right, right. like we both have master divinities. Yeah. We both went to seminary yeah. and we, we, you know, there is no, there, there is no someone that's better in title or anything. And we, yeah. you know, even though we have different titles in yeah. the organization, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We, we are equal, We're equal when it comes to this church and what we do and how we guide Amen. and shepherd this. And we bring different giftings too, right? You sure do, brother. That's sure what's crazy. I mean, is you know, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm very pastoral, you know, uh, uh, you're very entrepreneurial, yeah. you know, and uh, I think there's a lot of the, the flavor that goes into this inclusiveness yeah. is uh, very important for the Lord's church, uh, the CDC. Yeah. Uh, that's a part of, uh, you know, of that and allows us to do the, the ground level ministry we do. And the reason why I say ground level is because we do it from the bottom up. We do. We don't do it from the top we down. Don't. You know what I mean? And that because we want the people to know that they are cared for, they yeah. have human dignity, human value, and human worth. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we also look at leadership differently. You mm-hmm. look at from a lens of relationship yeah. and and our people's voices being heard. I may be more of a structural mm-hmm. leader where Absolutely. I'm trying to bring some structure in yeah. spite of the fact that I'm highly relational yeah. too, yeah. but I also know structure is critically important for organizations like ours. And so mm-hmm. I, I try to lead with people that will help us with structure. Mm-hmm. And then we just try to build this culture around yeah. this inclusive nature. But you know, the reality is Charles, like we're the ones that set the pace for yeah. this culture, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I, I can see that. I mean, I coming out of an oral culture, uh, uh, you know, and everything I, I, I write, uh, but I, uh, I'm, I'm oral. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that is a part of my gifting yeah. and so forth. And, uh, and I, and I also rec- recognize the, the gifting that God has given you, man, that yeah. you, you like to write a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to write a lot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? but I will. But, uh, you know, and, and I think the inclusiveness of that, man, is unique and only God can give us that yeah, type of Yeah, I agree. Man. So also what's hard about diverse leadership is we get a lot of judgments we from do. a lot of people. We do. And there are some who celebrate the diversity of what mm-hmm. Brookside has mm-hmm. and they see the unity around our diversity. Yeah. But there are others who also try to delegitimize yeah. our our leadership together because, and it's, and it's tempting to often hear those voices because we, I do believe there's something really supernatural yeah. about us coming together, I get it. brother. Yeah, I get it. And so like, you know, you, you've gotten a lot of critique from yeah. the black church. Yeah. I've, haven't I've, you? I've, I've gotten a, a critique from a certain uh, black constituents of mine. You know what I mean? Some want to know the authenticity Right. I mean, how real is this? Right. You know what I mean? Because this is a model that is not uh, that is not the norm. Right. Or what have you and everything. And I think that uh, and I and I had to hear them yeah. out of their um, their uh, particular suspicions. Yeah. Or what have you and everything. Uh, you know, uh, Charles, are you just a pawn? Right. Uh, you know, um, for this uh, for this white man. Uh, you know, are you dancing a jig or you know what's what's up with the situation? And it's none of that. 
Yeah. It's it's not a it's this is not about being a a, a pawn or dancing a jig. This is about the meeting, mm-hmm. a call that God set two nations together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? White, black, black and white and brought them together where it's threaded all the way through scripture yeah. that God is inclusively from the from the from choosing the, the Jewish people to be his people, mm-hmm. but to reach to the broader world and bring the Gentiles uh, 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 into the family of right. God as well. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I had a lot of critique uh, from that. It, well, it wasn't easy. I, I had to listen to them of, um, you know, their thoughts and so forth. But then I had to say, okay, it's my time now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a, I'm not a handyman. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, again, dancing a jig. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to be lorded over or whatever right. and everything. I have a mutual, inclusive Power to power mm-hmm. uh, 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 situation with a man by the name of David Cedarquist, <laughs> who is my brother. Yeah. He's my friend. He's my pastor, yeah. as I'm his pastor, friend yep. and brother. Yep. And so that's something that's so unique. It's just taken a, it's taken a while for my black brothers and sisters to digest that. But right. then on the other end, there is um, uh, 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 a lot of uh, my black brothers and sisters that are saying, man, that's a win. That's a win. That's what King. Yeah. That's what he died for. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was in his I I have a dream speech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of inclusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. That little white girls and little uh, black girls and little black boys and little little white boys in, in Alabama will hold hands with one <laughs> right. another. You know yeah. what I mean? And that was a part of his dream. Yes, it was. In, Inclusion, yeah, and so that's that's been the that's the critique that I would have to give in terms yeah. of how people that have uh, come from out of black culture has uh, basically engaged me about right. this particular situation. Yeah. Well, we've had to fight for this because, like, you know, I think even the judgments that I get is mm-hmm. as I as I'm with you and mm-hmm. the theological background, mm-hmm. I probably get more um, arguments that, you know, man, you just kind of went off the deep end theologically mm-hmm. by negotiating what liberation theology looks like. And I know that we're, me and you aren't experts on liberation mm-hmm. theology. Mm-hmm. It's formed you and shaped you it in has, your identity. But what I would say is like, I don't, I, you know, a lot of people just don't understand and they've never had a, a significant conversation with someone to understand, to you know? Understand. And, and oftentimes I don't think people want to understand who I am and what I'm becoming because of the richness of yeah, our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you just kind of got to leave those who say, man, Dave, you're a, you're just a, a liberal. You're just mm-hmm. going off the deep end. Mm-hmm. You just have to let them sit and allow them to potentially <coughs> excuse me, ask the right questions, um, and allow them to, um, understand that like, you know, this is a very real thing for both of us. And, but we've had to fight for this from the very beginning, you know, because here's, here's, here's the reality. Sin, sin. If you really look at scripture and what it says about Mm -hmm. diversity, Mm -hmm. the thing that knocks a lot of this off is Mm -hmm. that when we begin to think that like our group is Mm -hmm. more special than another group, right? right. And sin is set up to divide it's set up to not create the unity and so for us coming together we've Mm -hmm. had to overcome our own sinful tendencies and our own sinful nature to fight for the unity of the body and the unity of each other because bro i'm telling you i couldn't fight for the unity of this church Mm -hmm. 
if I didn't have the unity with my partner. Likewise, brother. You know what I mean? Because it's not, Likewise. it's we're not, it's not a show. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not putting up on stage a That's picture right. of multi ethnicity. Right. We are trying to put up on stage a picture of real relationships. It's real. Where we would die for yeah. each other. You got to fight for it, man. And 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 we're willing to have those hard conversations. Absolutely. And absolutely. You know what's interesting is you know. When you look at scripture, scripture, yeah. Israel was the smallest nation they were that God could ever pick to be special. That's right. And you know, it kind of got to their heads, mm-hmm. didn't it? Inflated. Inflated it. Yeah. Because they they were they, they wanted to be mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but God kept saying, No, you don't see it. That's not the you know, way. it's way bigger. Like in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse seven yeah. and eight. The Lord rebuked him. He said, the Lord did not set his affection on you. He didn't mm-hmm. choose you. That's right. Because you were numerous among other people. Yeah. He chose you because you were the fewest yes. of all the people. That's right. That's right. But it was That's because right. the Lord loved you and mm. kept the oath he swore to his ancestors that he brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery mm-hmm. for the from the power of Pharaoh and King Egypt. What, what God was saying in this scenario in mm. Deuteronomy yes. was that, listen, you think you're special. Amen. But really, I've called you to... Proclaim that something bigger than yourselves mm. and allow people to see a bigger God Amen. because Amen. you give of yourself to other nations in spite of the fact that you're small. I think of the scripture where um, even uh, God uses the weak to shame the strong. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Because yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times people would see this as weakness, that right, right. multi-ethnicity is weakness. And I know we're in a day and age where people are trying to fight for multi-ethnicity. Absolutely. I just don't know how real it is. Mm-hmm. And it has to be real. It has mm-hmm. to be mutual. Your 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 influence has changed my life. Your pastoring me has mm-hmm. changed my life. Yes, sir. And in the same way, it's got to be in reverse it has role, to right? Be mutual. I, I, I see in Revelation, you know, Revelation 7, when John... Yeah. You know, he sees a number that he couldn't, he could not number at first. And right. he looks again, you know what I'm saying? And he sees uh, God's people going right. to glory. Every nation, every tongue, yeah. every people, inclusion right. in glory. Yeah. And if glory is going to look like that, beloved, yeah. then we need to start right here yeah. on earth. Yeah. Because God created humanity. Yeah, that's right. But he loved diversity. He did. And it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to see difference, mm-hmm. but at the same time behold that difference. Yeah. Want to learn of that difference. Yeah. Want to be fully immersed in that difference, yeah. as should the opposite uh, desire the same. Right. That, uh, uh, Pastor David, man, yeah. is inclusion, brother. That's right. But it's going to take a fight. Yeah. You can't so lay down. What, so let's close with this. What have we had to give up in the process? Mm-hmm. What What have we had to give, give up? I've had to give up Charles. <laughs> you know, I've had to give up. That's a whole lot, man. That's like uh, 97%. I've had to give up Charles, my way, me, my, I, all those things, man, self uh, 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 basically would not uh, enter into this. Uh, I so agree with you because I feel like yeah. I feel like I've had to give up my full self too mm-hmm. to even know what could be yeah. in our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a new, I'm a different man Amen. because of you, Charles. Yeah. Like I, I'm a, I, 
I, I read the scriptures yeah. differently because of how you preach mm-hmm. and what you bring into my life. Like, and you know, I'm even influenced by how you care for me and my family Amen. and how Amen. you care for our staff and how you walk out relationship with those who Amen. are different from you and how you handle the difficult circumstances mm-hmm. that you face as a black man in America. Like m- my heart is so different and my desires are so different because you're in my life yeah, well, and you gotta just, leave some for me you gotta, yeah, you gotta leave some for yeah. me too man I, I appreciate your gifting brother as my pastor and shepherding yeah. me and shepherding uh uh this congregation as well and and the gifting that god has given you david man i i i i I thank God that God has given you a gifting man. Uh, you, you have the gifting of not only entrepreneurial, but uh, writing grants and uh, ba- having structure uh, because I'm a pretty chaotic dude. <laughs> and organization is, uh, uh, is key uh, for us to stay focused, man. And yeah. so I'm appreciative, you know what I mean, that God has given you all of yeah. this gifting, bro, to basically shepherd myself and all others, uh, you know, as well. Yeah. Because it's together we stand that's right bro. but divided we fall that's brother. right yeah that's what god has given us man and if god if we see this the way god needs to be seen yeah then our following will not be in that's family. right that's right and i think the greatest misunderstanding i think people have of our ministries they mm-hmm. see a lot of what we do and the church and um the you know play after school and uh re-entry mm-hmm. and housing but I'll tell you what, all of this would have never been yeah. if he didn't bring us together. Amen, brother. To Honestly. The glory. You know what I mean? Be the glory, man. Because we have been able yeah. to build this together and yeah. to envision this together and yeah. to disciple each other in it. And I think that's one of maybe the the, the things we don't talk about much. Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you what, it's been I, I'm excited for the next 30 years of Amen. what God has given us, right? To God be the glory. To really see what God's going to continue to do as Amen. we even include other. Like, we have some women in ministry that are really Amen. influencing us, right? God be the glory, brother. Like, they Natalia yeah. uh, has changed how yeah. we do things because Amen. of her leadership. Jennifer Hamilton yeah. is leading us in, yeah. in the course of reentry and and, and and a lot of the, the things that, uh, that women are uh, desire right. to uh, understand to, uh, to understand themselves right. and how do they fit into the church context right. or whatever is so yeah. unique and so Jennifer Andrew's nonprofit gifting yeah. and like you just name our team and you see this level of shared leadership and inclusion Lauren Harris our IT yeah. guy he's behind these cameras yeah. right now yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying and, it's just uh, all of this beauty coming together yeah. but it started with yeah. me and you bro to God be the glory brother to yeah. God be the glory man. And so thanks for joining us on this first podcast we pray that it has been a blessing um diversity is important it is to brookside and it is the key hallmark of how we operate and it's important that any organization that's looking to bring inclusion especially on a diverse level you have to almost start over and you have to be willing to see yourself building this with people who are different than you that's right and you know not scrapping everything but I think what what we're trying to say is that in diverse leadership, you have to start from something new. That's right. And if you can't do that, I don't know how diverse leadership can be. And so we're excited that you're with us. Uh, thank you for joining us on this first podcast. Thank we you. pray that it's a blessing. And, and may God bless you as you continue to seek after God in all things.